Welcome to the Art of Grateful Leadership podcast. I'm Judy Emless, author of three books, all based on the power of acknowledgement, and I'm also senior vice president at the International Institute for Learning. So I am very excited today to have dear, dear, dear family members with me, and they are a part of the power of acknowledgement, and I want to Acknowledge first my brother, Carl Wagreich, Doctor of Podiatric Medicine in Torrance, California. And I always think of Carl as my little brother, even though <laughs> we're we're grown-ups now, but he's been a major influence in my life. And I would venture to say that I've been a pretty big one in his as well. And Is that because you used to beat me up when I was a kid? <laughs> I did not, but uh, anyway, maybe. No, we we've just been very, very close all all these years, and um, I want to introduce Edna Taylor Wagreich, my wonderful sister-in-law, who's uh, a part of all we do, all we celebrate, uh, all we have uh, in life to congratulate ourselves for, and then I have my two nephews. Michael and David Wagreich. Michael is 19 years old and in college now. And David is 17 and still in high school. And they have all paid a very, um, uh, they played a very important role in the development of my work. And I'm gonna start with my brother, Carl. Carl, I uh, assume, first of all, that uh, you're, Glad to be here. I, I didn't beat you up to come here, right? Yes, you did. I mean, no, <laughs> of course not. <laughs> okay. And um, I am uh, really happy to say that when I was writing The Power of Acknowledgement, Carl and I discussed it in, in its infant stages. I was in the middle of writing it when we were on some family vacation, and we got into a discussion about it and I I knew of the great work Carl had done for the Baja project in Mexico and Carl would you say uh, a few words about that sure um, when I first came out to Los Angeles from Chicago via New York where we grew up um, there was a project in its infancy had just started and it was a bunch of New Yorker podiatrists who uh, had gotten together. And one of our dear friends, who became our dear friend, Fred Hernandez, uh, enrolled us all in coming down to Mexico from Los Angeles, which was about a 250-mile trip each way. And we would go down every week as attendings, and we would train residents and we would train ourselves, and we would treat mainly infants and children with horribly severe deformities like club feet, congenital birth defects, and it was just an, such an incredible opportunity to not only make a difference in the lives of the, the poorest of the poor people who could not seek any medical care at all because of their poverty, but to also learn ourselves and and make ourselves much better practitioners. And and uh, and that's basically what our project started as. And we would go down 
every weekend. I would go down about once a month for, oh, about the last 35 years. And I would be in charge of the, all the residents that rotated through the project. And uh, I would know every patient that went through the clinics. And we would see about 30 to 40 patients a weekend. And um, we would operate once a month. And we would have clinic three weeks a month. Uh, except in the summer where it was 120 degrees mm. in Mexicali, so we couldn't operate anymore at that point for two months. And there I met my wonderful wife, Edna, because she was a translator. So Perfect. basically that was, and we expanded to eventually do work in Honduras and El Salvador. And one time in the past two years that we went to India, I didn't go, but uh, we went to India to to investigate whether or not we could work down there as well. Amazing, amazing. And just the uh, generosity of all of the podiatrists who went and gave of their time, their effort, their energy. But uh, I think on, on a deeply emotional level, it had a great impact on you. And you told me the story about one of, one of the people that you served, one of the children, Scarlet, and I actually put that story in the Power of Acknowledgement book. It was so amazing. So can you tell our listeners about Scarlet? Sure. Um, and if you remind me, there's a little addendum not to Scarlet, but to the Power of Acknowledgement, which is a big part of my life as well. And one of the reasons why I do what I do, and uh, not only to be acknowledged, but to acknowledge my patients who are my partners, basically. But and it, there was a, a just a quick story that I can tell you yeah. uh, that occurred last week, uh, during the week. But anyway, regarding Scarlett, um, we would, she was from Honduras, and we would fly to Tegucigalpa, in, um, which is the capital of Honduras, and work out of a hospital that was certainly not the, the uh, Mayo Clinic of, uh, of, uh, the United States, but it was, it was a, a good hospital. And, um, uh, I specialized in a lot of the specific cases that we did. And one of them was unfortunately having to amputate, uh, the, the appendages, the legs, the, the feet of, uh, people that were un, that were not salvageable. Their deformities were so severe that the only thing we could do was amputate them the, so that they could be fit with a prosthetic. And Scarlett was a five-year-old, uh, adorable young girl who uh, I immediately fell in love with because she was so sweet. And, and she was only able to walk with uh, a crutch. She had crutches that she had uh, on one leg. She had a congenital deformity called phocomelia where she had no knee joint she had a thigh and the foot was coming out of her thigh, the lower end of her thigh. And it was like a club foot. It was like just only had three, three toes. And it was just a horrible, horrible deformity. And she couldn't go to school because she was five years old. She couldn't go to kindergarten and the, the other kids would make fun of her. And she could only walk around with the crutches and kind of wedge this appendage into the crutch so she could walk without assistance. 
And she came in and, and uh, the orthopedist that we worked with down there. So unlike in Mexico, where we were able to follow our, our patients on a daily basis, on a weekly basis, in Honduras, we had a, an orthopedist who would stay down there. He was from Honduras and he would follow our patients. And uh, he introduced me to Scarlett because he knew I was going to be doing her case. And I uh, introduced myself with Scarlett and had a kind of a fun time with her. And we were, we were just playing around. And, and I explained to her that the only way that we could make her leg better so she could walk with a prosthetic was to amputate this appendage that she had. And she couldn't wait. It, it mm-hmm. really surprised yeah. me that she was so excited about getting this done and going under anesthesia wow. and having this horrible appendage uh, amputated. And as a matter of fact, in all the years and the thousands of children that I operated on down the, in Mexico and Honduras and El Salvador, um, she actually put herself to sleep. We, we gave her the mask and ah. she put it over her nose and her mouth. And usually we had to kind of trick the kids into playing like they were going to blow up a balloon in the mask. And, <laughs> and, but, but she couldn't wait. She, she, she knew exactly what was going to happen. And, ah. and she put herself to sleep. And, and uh, the, obviously the anesthesiologist was there and, and uh, adjusting all of the medications. And she did absolutely beautifully. And the, the, as the year progressed, because in Honduras, we only went once a year, which I was never that thrilled about, but we had no choice because it was a huge trip and, and it was very arduous. But the, the orthopedist had sent me photographs of her as she had progressed during the year. And I still have the photographs. And oh. then the next year when I went down, it was like, do I really need to go down? Am I really... You know, it's such an arduous trip and it's time off from my practice and I'm exhausted. And and then I I convinced myself to go down and I went down and and the orthopedist when I when I arrived with the group of my my other uh, fellow podiatrists and and uh, uh, you know, friends that that had gone down, he said, I, I have a surprise for you. And he said, wait in this room here and um and I went into this room. I didn't know what he was going to do. And and in walks Scarlet with a prosthetic, no crutches, oh. and jumped up in my arms and gave me a big hug and a oh. kiss. And, oh. and uh, it absolutely that was my acknowledgement. And my and I remembered at that moment why I did what I did. Oh, how beautiful! How beautiful! And, uh, I've gotten updates on her since and. And the the president of Honduras, his wife is the one that got got her the prosthetic. And wow. uh, and as you grow older, when you're five years old, you need a new prosthetic. And uh, she's gotten taken care of, as far as I know, and everything is uh, is fine. That's How my, beautiful! And, what, what, and just to just to mention this other story. That yeah, please. Thinking of what we're doing here today. Um, this week uh, on Monday, I had uh, two patients that came in. And they both said to me at totally different times, but they both said to me, I remembered over Thanksgiving that I really wanted to thank you for everything that you've done for me, that you've changed my life and you've made my life better. And it was like totally unsolicited. And it's just by being there and make both of them, I had made orthotic devices for and, and they had bad 
horrible pain before the, I made them the devices, and now they're walking. One of them uh, has lost 45 pounds over the past year, and his, uh, his health has increased, and, and uh, they, they just both acknowledge me, and, and of course, I acknowledge them for, for the opportunity of, of being the participant in their lives to make a difference. So that was the, the, the other story that just came to me. That's amazing, and I, I'm sure that those were not one-of-a-kind experiences because I know that you believe in being a partner with your patients. And Absolutely, uh, yeah. The, the, uh, the reason why I go to work every day, or not every day, every, three days a week actually, is uh, because I experience making a difference Mm-hmm. And, uh, and, and I'm acknowledged for it. I can tell yeah. by the looks in their, in my patients' faces and their, the, what they say that, uh, that it, it is, uh, that the world is a little bit better that, that I have been in it. And, uh, that to me is an acknowledgement. Absolutely. And Carl, it's so interesting to hear you say this because, uh, you know, you do what you do and I do what you do, what I do to make that difference with people. And uh, I'm very uh, grateful for the acknowledgments I get from people all the time for this work. The work itself, the power of acknowledgement, is a behavioral change model that people put to use immediately when they start hearing about it. And so you, I think we do share the same DNA, right? <laughs> Absolutely. And, make it, make and the, the, the extrapolation of that, yeah, I know that the work that you're doing makes a huge difference because mm-hmm. I've been on some of your uh, podcasts and and um, and I know that you are, uh, I've acknowledged you for the difference you've made in my life. Our relationship is super special and, and mm-hmm. cannot be duplicated. Um, but the, the, uh, the truth of the matter that I've gotten very clear about is that we all make a difference mm. and we all uh, if if we acknowledge that difference that that uh, just goes uh, it makes our lives better and makes everybody else's lives better so yeah the work you're doing is uh, is super special thank you and I'll, I'm very moved by what you're saying it's really really beautiful and um, you know it is so simple to practice this power of acknowledgement. We, we started a campaign recently called uh, hashtag 365 days of acknowledgement because, you know, it was Thanksgiving and everybody remembers to be grateful and to thank people and acknowledge them on Thanksgiving, which is wonderful. But I believe that it must happen every single day, many times a day, or any time an opportunity presents itself. So that's why um, another reason why I'm so happy to have every member of your family here today of this generation. We have another generation. You have two other wonderful young men uh, that I adore as well, uh, Eric and Pete. Um, But this story is really focused on the books. And next, I'm going to turn to my nephew, David Wagreich, because David started something up that (laughs) just never stopped. And it was really adorable. I'll just share a little bit about the circumstances. I was out in San Diego, uh, giving a speech to about a thousand people on the power of acknowledgement. And even though 
my brother and his family are in the L.A. area, closer to the L.A. area. Um, my dear sister-in-law came and picked me up and drove me from uh, San Diego to uh, where they live, uh, near L.A. And um, so when I was there, David and, and Michael, ages five and seven at that time, asked me, where was Uncle Bob? Because always I traveled with Uncle Bob, my husband, and uh, the rest of the family. But um, I was here by myself this time. He said, what are you here for? And I said, I'm here to speak to people um, about the power of acknowledgement. I'm giving, I'm giving a speech. And he, David asked me, what's the power of acknowledgement, Aunt Judy? And I explained it to him and to Michael, who's there, in very simple terms, it's letting another person know that they're important to you, that they make a difference, that uh, you, you you value who they are as a person. And, um, and Michael chimed in a little bit. And then a few minutes later, hey, David, maybe I'll let you tell the story. You could probably tell it better than I could. Um, you were with the when with the ball playing. You want to oh, tell yeah, that so part? So Michael and I were just kind of playing soccer in the living room or whatever, playing with a soccer ball. And I think I, I turned to you and I said, Aunt Judy, Michael's a really good soccer player. And then you said something about like, oh, wow, that's very nice, David. Like, you know, and I said, now that's an acknowledgement. <laughs> right. <Yeah. laughs> and, you know, David, what was so important to me about that comment, simple as it was, it was that it made me realize that a five-year-old could learn about the power of acknowledgement. And then, Michael, I don't know if you remember, but you you kind of tricked me also after that. Do you remember? Do you remember what you did? If not, I'll be happy to tell you. Yeah, I think you might be better equipped to tell the story. <laughs> that one. I'll let you tell the others. But um, at, at that point, I had... You know, they wanted to know a little bit more about the book I had written. So I gave seven-year-old Michael a copy of The Power of Acknowledgement. I've been told it's very readable, but I didn't know that a seven-year-old could read it. So he was sitting there in this big armchair with his legs over the arm and reading it. And he said, Aunt Judy, you are such a good writer. And I said, Michael, that's such a sweet thing for you to say. Oh, that's wonderful. And he looks at me with his grin and he says, and that's an acknowledgement. <laughs> do, do you remember that? I don't know if you even remember. I do, actually. I'm looking at the chair where I was sitting right now. Ah, <laughs> you were. And I, I felt both tricked two times in a row and delighted because after that, I, I remember the two of you, David and Michael, had been going through a period where there was kind of a lot of squabbling and after that little interchange about the soccer, David, I think you, you actually elaborated a little more, at least my uh, recollections that you said to him, you're such a good soccer player, Michael. I hope when I'm your age, I can play as well as you can. I remember that. You may not remember that, but um, it was so adorable. And you, 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 I don't know whether you really meant it. Did you really mean it at the time or, or you were just trying to get my goat? <laughs> Um, good question. Um, I, I, I think I probably meant it. it was but you might not have said it otherwise, right? You yeah, probably, exactly. 
Yeah, okay. What's the older brother? You look up to him. What's that, Edna? No, that I think that being the older brother, that Michael being the older brother, David would look up to him yeah, and, right. and really admire him playing soccer, even though it was like uh, Little League or, you know, the AYSO. AYSO. Yeah. yeah. But um, anyway, that dialogue convinced me to write The Power of Acknowledgement for Kids. It's actually actually the full title is you're totally awesome the power of acknowledgement for kids because leaders had been asking me to write it for some time the people i was training they said we'd really like our kids to learn the power of acknowledgement way before we did we're just learning it now and we're 30 40 50 and we want them to learn it right away so could you write a book for kids and i i, I never thought i really wanted to do that until i saw the magic of how David and Michael both got it on the spot with just a little definition and they and they put it to use, both of them. I mean, yes, it was partly to uh, trick Aunt Judy, but it was also to, uh, you know, practice it. I think that practicing it is part of the process. So I started writing the book and I the book is actually just kids' stories, what they experienced in their life. And I did a lot of interviewing and um, I was telling Edna about it and, and uh, well, the whole family I told about the kids book. And Michael came up with a story that Edna helped him write a little bit because, uh, you know, he was seven. And that story is the first story in the book. And I have to say, people, Michael, absolutely adore this story, I'm, I'm opening it now because it, it just, um, it really resonates. And in fact, we had a wonderful storyteller, professional storyteller, April Armstrong, read Michael's story at last week's webinar, uh, the Center for Grateful Leadership webinar. And any of you can access that. It's up on in our archives now. So she read the entire story so beautifully and we got so many comments and exclamations and, oh, my gosh, that's wonderful. And you heard the story, Michael, from uh, the um, person in the, U the, the the mother in the U.S. Air Force stationed in Iraq. Did you, did you remember that? Yeah, that's right. Oh, she was amazing. She um, actually read Michael's story through the military reading program. Uh, she recorded it for him, and they sent him the disc so he could play it over and over and over again. And it was Michael's story. So, um, Michael, tell us a little bit about the experience that you had, and maybe tell us a little bit of the story right now, if you don't mind. Well, I mean, uh, like like I said in the uh, in the webinar, it really didn't feel like a whole lot that had happened at the time. I mean, the only thing that really set it apart in my memory was the fact that my aunt was writing a book about it, or at least, Aww. you know, to my seven-year-old knowledge, that the book was about this experience that I had had. Um, but I mean, really, it was it was just we had we had uh, we had all kind of cultivated a, a really good relationship with our janitor Hector uh you know all of the students and um and uh 
uh, it was my birthday coming up and I had made a passing comment to him just kind of acknowledging him and, and saying that he had done a good job cleaning something or other. And then, uh, you know, come time for my birthday when my mom had made the cupcakes, she encouraged me to give to give some to Hector. Uh, and, and, and really, that was it until until there was a book all of a sudden. <laughs> yeah, and there were some beautiful details. And Edna, I know you uh, had a hand in, in uh, helping Michael polish it and make it come alive. Anything you want to add about that story? You knew you met Hector, right? Oh, yes, uh, because I volunteered um, all through um, elementary school for my kids. And I was a room parent and I just was very, very involved in, in, in a lot of the school activities. So as a mom, we relied very much on Hector, the janitor, that was always helping us either set up tables or move things around for whatever event we were having. So he was pretty much part of our team, like our mom team, because we we were always like, uh, Hector, can you bring the cart and take us to the end of the school with those things? So um, we would try to include him mm -hmm. in whatever festivity, but especially if we were bringing... Uh, treats for the kids he was he was always um there so he was part of the the group of kids as well so That's it was beautiful. nice nice having him around yeah and uh michael what it says in the story uh is that uh you said uh, hi mr hector the children at the school called every adult mr or miss or mrs right Michael nearly shouted his greeting. Uh, he said, I really like the way you are cleaning those windows. You make them sparkle. Hector smiled broadly and thanked Michael for saying such a nice thing to him. It makes me feel good to know that you kids really appreciate what I do. He said, looking truly happy. And then he shared some details with Edna about his life and how he had not grown up with you know, that kind of um, advantage to have, well, Michael arranged to have Edna put Hector's name on one of the cupcakes. So um, he had never had that before. And it was just a beautiful, beautiful, simple story. And, um, you know, I think what it did was teach a child and now a lot of children who read the story, the difference they can make with something so simple you know it, it it can change a day change a life and i i've literally had people tell me that they knew of lives that were saved by an acknowledgement i mean it, it's it's almost scary to think of you know what can happen if we don't do it but um it's so beautiful and michael you told a a, a wonderful story about how you and michael's a a, uh, a really high-level debater. Um, what's the name of your team, Michael? Uh, well, I, I compete for the El Camino College forensics team, which wow. is speech and debate. Okay. And you were telling us at the webinar how you end every debate. Can you repeat Yeah, usually that? Uh, even, even in, you know, every time I'm done, because now we're online, and so, of course, everyone here is 
everyone here is in the house, my debates, and my dad always tells me just how how angry I sound all the time. And everyone always kind of pokes fun at it a little bit, even though we have our own our own jargon and everything like that. But even as angry as we might get, uh, we always end it with a, hey, great debate, oh, good job, you know, that, that sort of thing, just acknowledging each other. That's lovely. And uh, it's something we can all do and should all do. And it's just a matter of being conscious of the opportunities so, my beautiful Wagrash family, is there anything any of you want to add to this discussion? I, I mean, I think you're all doing it every day um, in in different ways. But any, anybody want to add anything? You know, I think I think at this point, my story is is now more your story than mine, just because uh, you 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 refer to it so lovingly in a in a way that's like. <laughs> you guys have helped have helped uh people understand the power of acknowledgement but i really do think that's you aunt judy i really do think Aww. that it's your mission because you are such an acknowledging person and Aww. that's an acknowledgement <laughs> <laughs> yes that is an acknowledgement and uh, edna or uh david or carl do you anybody want to say something before we close and you i could stay on for hours but uh, yes <laughs> No, I think you're doing a an amazing job. Um, these books, um, the comments, just probably just influencing people to acknowledge, which really is such a little thing to thank somebody. Yes. And it, it makes such a big difference. Thank you for doing what you do. Oh, this is so beautiful. Anyone else? Dave. I I guess I absolutely have to say, and I love you for it. Oh, I love you too. We all love you. Dude. All of I. I love I love all of you, and uh, you're very important parts of my life. So, and my whole family's life. So, thank you for being who you are, and Carl for sharing the DNA with me, <laughs> and carrying on the tradition of making a difference. All of you will continue to do that i'm sure okay so we're going to close out now and uh thank you listeners for being with us today and and meeting my beautiful family and if you want to join the center of grateful Le center for grateful leadership go to www.centerforgratefulleadership.com and uh, please join our Hashtag 365 Days of Acknowledgement campaign. We want everybody to be practicing this every day in every way. And uh, I'll close by saying, please remember to acknowledge someone or many someones each and every day. And allow yourself to be acknowledged. Oh, Carl, I just want to say that is a very important thing. And I'm going to unclose for a minute to <laughs> deal with that because so many people have trouble being acknowledged. Do you find that? Do you, have you experienced that? Absolutely. They, we, we shy away from it and uh, kind of shrink away like, who me? And uh, that's, that's usually my first response. And then I say to myself, well, maybe let it in. And it Not uh, maybe. makes a difference.
huge difference because I, I know when I am acknowledging somebody and they, you know, they wave that hand in front of their face and say, oh, it was nothing. I grab that hand and I say, I want you to know it was something. And I say it again in different words until they get it. <laughs> I can be a little obsessive and compulsive about it, but I, I really no. committed to it. You, you might not do that, Carl, but uh, it, it's important. You're absolutely right. I'm glad you uh, unclosed this uh, recording because that, that is something so many people have uh, a difficulty with. And if anybody wants to talk further about that or anything else or uh, reach out to any of the guests today, you can email me at judy.umlas, U-M-L-A-S, at I-I-L.com. And so I'll say, until the next time, I'm Judy Umlas. And I'm not. <laughs> I forgot to tell you to... <laughs> well, wait. Now that's...